manager, former deputy sheriff, no, for, no, jack no, of no, all no, trades, no, master of none. Former <laughs> town mayor, but they, it could be former town manager. Oh, that's <laughs> town mayor. I apologize. <laughs> yeah. Freudian slip there, Doug. I just, I just, you know, it's just all a matter of time, I, right? Trying to egg it on. You, you just made a lot of people clap. Yeah, yeah. he's gold. He's out of here. <laughs> well, Doug, I appreciate you coming down and being with It was funny. We were talking about before we went in, uh, before we uh, started the show. Uh, we're live on Facebook, obviously. We're on the radio. Not on YouTube presently uh due to uh youtube just being you know what what you yeah yeah exactly that too that too you you know it's amazing with the social media david whether it's talking about local government whether it's our politicians but but they obviously are injecting themselves in in being the all all decider of what's appropriate and what's not but yet they're the first ones to want to tout first amendment and people have artistic value and opinion and expression. And when you take different movements, and I'm not going to name any, because some of the hosts <laughs> out there, or some of the listeners out there be like, uh, uh, why well, they'll call dis- in and tell you. <laughs> why, why does he dislike this one or that one? It, it's not that I dislike any group, but I think whether it's showing up to a town hall meeting, whether it's a county commissioner meeting, whether it's to the legislature in Raleigh, there, there's etiquette that, you know, at some point in time, Parents, most parents out there, do a great job in teaching their children, hey, don't touch that stove, it's hot. If you do, there's consequences. Well, some parents allow the kid to reach up, I told you not to. Other ones spank them six to 20 times because they keep reaching for the stove. So there's a different way of teaching children uh, of not to touch that hot stove and again, people can argue which is more effective. Well, if you get burnt, that usually kind of tells you don't reach for it again. But my point in going down that rabbit hole is parents take ownership in trying to teach their children the appropriate things. Whether you go to church, these are the lessons we learn here. Whether it's youth sports and no, everybody should not get a participation trophy. <laughs> You're not a participation trophy guy? I am not. I tell you, I'm shocked by that. I really, <laughs> And of all the people in the world that'd be a participation trophy guy, I figured it'd be you. <laughs> but, but you know, there's ways, and you don't have to agree. We all get better when you have deferring views and different opinions. Uh, most of us make our decisions based off of whatever we've been taught, educated, or we went and found the information ourselves. But, but there's respectful ways of talking and doing things. It's just like the one video that, that came out with, uh, and I'm not a country, modern country music fan, so I couldn't tell you even the, the maybe it's all Dean, uh, that come out and, and not in a small town. Yeah. Well, everybody, they, they tried to uh, limit the content on that and where it could be. And these famous people that everybody puts up on a pedestal say, oh, yeah, that's not good, that's not good. But it tickles me that somebody who has been around for a couple generations, and I do mean that sincerely, Pat Boone comes out and says, oh, no, this is, you know, he he didn't say anything bad. He didn't do anything wrong. Everybody is making assumptions of things that were not in the video. Somebody tried to say they was hanging over 150 years ago at this courthouse where they did the music video. I could wager a lot of money. I bet nobody that did that (laughs) knew anything about that hanging. Yeah. 
But somebody researched it and wanted to say, oh, yeah, this is exactly why they chose that courthouse. Yeah, exactly. And from what I understand, some of that misinformation and some of that ignorance is going to cost uh, cost the view a lot of money, uh, given that it's been sued by the artist, I think it is, Aldine, that, uh, uh, for uh, defamation uh, because of some of the stuff they said on there. But it's um, it's interesting to note that, you know, I've gone, I have found myself on the going down the uh, YouTube uh, rabbit hole on one or two occasions, and the, some of the stuff that they allow on there, and then they, they cut like you know people talking about covid or they cut people talking about you know um uh, politics or anything like that it's amazing what they permit to stay on there and then what they consider themselves the arbiter of uh truth and uh and accuracy on that platform i agree 100 percent. and if we're going to get into that well that's right that's wrong and you can't disseminate inappropriate information well who who is paying the fees just like recently i've heard uh young lady, early 20s, uh, had, had a normal procedure done, but then there was blood clotting. Well, blood clotting's been around ever since we started bleeding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but now it's like there's a group of people, and I'm not saying they're right or they're wrong, but for all those that took shots for the COVID, that there's a few of them that is now getting clotting. Yeah. And it's causing other health issues because of some reaction to those shots. But I find it very ironic. While people can agree or disagree, the government come out and said, hey, uh, this is something we're bypassing all the normal procedures and we're even absolving liability for these drug companies to come out with these because they felt the greater good was to protect us for those that wanted to do it. But then they started forcing and allowing governments to force people, oh, you shall or you will get these shots. And, And I, I don't know. I'm not a scientist. I can just say personally, I didn't do the shots. Right. One of my sons did uh, uh, one shot, and he immediately felt things that was not normal. It took him almost two years to not have any of those symptoms. My other one didn't. He had the COVID twice. My spouse took all the shots, and she's had the COVID at least twice. Mm-hmm. So. Well, and to be fair, Joe Biden took like the like every shot there was, and he got COVID like every other week. I mean, I mean, every every other week we heard that that, that Joe Biden had COVID. So at some point in time, you start to question a little bit of the efficacy of that. If the president <laughs> who's taking every shot under the sun keeps getting it, versus Donald Trump when he was president and got it, then people started criticizing how he got healed so fast because of the protocols that he used. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, you, you know, good good for the good for the good for me, not for the uh, that's pretty much uh, the standard way that it goes this day. Real quick before we get into the break, uh, uh you brought up uh, former President Trump indicted again. Oh, yeah. Um uh, oh, yeah. this makes I think the 7th or 8th uh time he's been hauled into a court um and you know, I, Regardless of the aisle, side of the aisle that you are on um, r- with this type of thing, the fact that you know our government is is actively and in some in some cases you know you know maliciously I, I would argue in most cases maliciously pursuing a candidate for you know not just a former president but a current candidate for president, um, the fact that our government is basically weaponizing itself to go after them, I think everyone, regardless of your political bent, should really be taking a pause and be scared about that. Well, the the three different branches of government we have are supposed to be independent of one another so that they can keep each other in check. But I, I agree wholeheartedly, and regardless of what your political affiliation is or your claim of supporting which candidate, we, we, we go back a, a couple of administrations 
that have factually come out themselves and volunteered themselves that they did certain things with documents, still have documents, but they've yet to be indicted. Mm -hmm. We have a current sitting president who did, but they say, oh, it's okay, because once they found them, they told us. No, they didn't. <laughs> no, no, they didn't. <laughs> and, 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 they admitted uh, and said they were sorry. <laughs> so that makes it all okay. <laughs> it does make it all okay, because that's, that's what, as long as I tell you that I broke the law and say I'm sorry, well, that obviously then I'm sure that I'm sure you meant it. And I, and, <laughs> and the fact that you meant it, well, you know what? We're going to give you a pass, because you meant it. This other guy, he, he might have said he was sorry, but he sure didn't mean it. Oh, I, I can about tell you he didn't say he was sorry. He probably said, y'all get out my house. Y'all get out my house, 100%. You're listening to We're Just Saying on WSIC News Radio. We'll be right back after the break. Welcome back to We're Just Saying with Senator Vicki Sawyer on WSIC News Radio. If you'd like to be part of our show, 844 Studio 4. We're also streaming live on the WSIC News Facebook page. Uh, I am your fill in host today, David Coble, along with uh, Troutman Town Manager uh, Ron Duck Wyatt. Uh, we do have a caller uh, in on the show. Hi, William from Statesville. Hi, William. How are you doing today? I hope you men are doing as well as can be. Yes, sir. How yes, are you? Indeed. If I was any better, I'd probably have to take a pill, but then that's another story. <laughs> um, yeah, this thing with indictment, um, there's so much animosity and hatred towards that man. They're never going to stop with it unless he stops running or trying to be in the picture here. And that's just cold, hard facts. Um, it doesn't really matter what side you're on, but... I think them people up there in Washington, D.C., like uh, Ron was saying earlier, teaching our children, they, they need to be taught to clock in and go back to work and quit concentrating on trying to prosecute or indict someone. This country is in a world of hurt in a lot of different ways. And me personally, I think we need to get safety back in play for this country, and that's jeopardized right now and then people up there in washington dc need to realize that quit concentrating on trying to get rid of donald trump because he's not going to go away yeah 100 percent, william and thank you for the call and you know william raises a really good point with all the things going on in our country right now um with you know higher crime rates uh you know education needs focus our infrastructure needs focus the fact that we have people who are so obsessed with focusing in on the former president and his, you know, run for uh, office this time around, it is kind of like, hey, you know what? Why don't you guys get back to work and, and focus on some things that matter? Really, in the prosecutor's office, you've got nothing better to do than go after the former president. I agree 100 percent with that. And then you look at some of the major uh, cities that's out there that have some of the toughest or most strict gun laws in the world. They, they are the ones that are having the most crime. And they're the ones having the most crime with guns, I should say. And But yet guns are forbidden to be there in any circumstances. But then you got the prosecutors in those areas that somebody can commit murder. And we'll look right next door here to Charlotte. You have people committing murder, but yet the person that is charged with murder gets out of jail and less time than it takes the officers to do the paperwork. And that's really a shame that our society is getting so complacent that we're seeing things on the news, and it does have a numbing effect 
to us and our opinions and to our response to it. You know, the old old saying, you go to work and you get six or seven of your coworkers together and you pick one person out and just tell them, hey, are you okay? You, you look ill today. You, are you sure you feel all right? Do you sleep good? And once they hear that long enough, about 10 a.m. in the morning, they're not feeling good. <laughs> and there was nothing wrong with them. But yeah. all the people around them are saying that. So they, they start to mentally uh, feel and believe what people are saying. Well, to me, that is what is happening in our society. When, when the good Christian people and our, our nation was founded on freedom of religion, uh, but you, most of our citizens were religious of some sect, whatever that was. But, but people still used religion to keep themselves to a more moral code or fiber that they raised and, and disseminated amongst their peers and families. Well, here we have now got to the point to where uh, you hear people say, well, the Bible says turn the cheek. Well, read on into the Bible because there are consequences for actions. And that, that of course, is, uh, is one form of religion. But in society, they are numbing the public when they talk about murders like it was just something casual. And when they talk about businesses being burnt down never to return and insurance companies not paying because the police in that area didn't do their job. Uh, and to me, it's, it puts us in a quandary and a path that I don't know how we get back from until some group of people says enough is enough. And, and again, I'm not going to choose and tell the public you should vote this way or vote that way, but but when you look at statistical facts... But to be fair, if they ask you, you'd be happy to tell them. Oh, I, call me. <laughs> call me, I'll tell you. But, but, but uh, when you, just like uh, William said, when, when we have people from many countries crossing our southern border, many of these are gang-related people. Some are identified and on list terrorists, but yet they can come across willy-nilly that does cause harm for our country. When you start looking at some of the bridges and the roads that are failing and people are losing their life on account of it, more importantly, talking about the southern border, uh, right here in our own communities, we're having young people dying because they're using what they think is a safe drug, and I'm not advocating drug mm -hmm. use. Some of these drugs are prescribed by doctors, but, but for whatever reason... They, they get a different one that's the same thing, uh, but then it's laced with fentanyl, and, and we're losing people. And, and uh, the feel-good part is, oh, let's all go have a meeting and talk about fentanyl. Well, locally, we can arrest people selling fentanyl. We can arrest people possessing the drugs with fentanyl, but why are we not doing anything to try to stop it from coming in the country when we know where that is? Absolutely. Well, and one hundred, and you know, you brought up an interesting point. You know, when we when uh, you mentioned the uh, existing gun laws and stuff like that, in, in a lot of cities that have the strictest in the nation, yet the highest instances of gun crime here in North Carolina, uh, Attorney General Josh Stein, and I did want to ask you about this. You know, as a as a you you have instructed concealed carry classes um, for a number of years, and uh, the Attorney General Josh Stein, who's who, uh, you know running for governor now uh, uh, to replace Roy Cooper, um, had updated some statutes, found a couple of loopholes where. Where basically uh, concealed carry uh, instructors are now going to be required to keep a list 
of those who came in and took the class. And it doesn't matter whether or not they ever follow through and get that concealed carry permit. They have to keep a list of names and addresses of people who came and just took the class and submit that into the state. Now, I'm sorry, that that to me is is ridiculous. And I'm hope I'm, I'm sure that at some point in time that will be challenged um, in a court of law and he'll have to defend that. But as a former concealed carry instructor, talk a little bit about sort of the danger of something like that. Well, what e- even when the law passed uh, originally, and I want to say off the top of my head, it was around 1994. Uh, and when it first passed, you had a lot of reluctance from people taking the classes. A lot would take it, and then they felt like they would wind up on some list and that the government would know, and they felt like they were more restricted if they did so. So a lot of people did take the class, and then they didn't go and get the permit because they didn't want to be identified. And to me, it's totally ridiculous. It's Big Brother in its prime form because he's saying this. There is no lawful advantage that I can think of that the government having a list of people who took a concealed carry class is going to stop or prevent crime in the future. Nothing. And if he's really concerned about that, then he needs to start blocking the system that we have now that allows convicted felon to go to rookie school. What? Okay, Josh, if you want to do your job, brother, and, and I think Josh is a nice guy for all those that just thought that I hate Josh Stein. <laughs> I don't. I think he's a nice guy. He's a very think, affable person. I, I think he gets out here and he starts playing these strategies because he's more concerned about the vote and not what the statute says. But to, to the point I'm making, a convicted felon can go and say, I want to sit beside law enforcement officers in their training. No, no. If you can't go into the military as a convicted felon, why are we taxpayers going to let the local colleges then educate a felon in law enforcement specific? I'm not saying felons can't go to school. But by all means, when, when people 18, 20 years old make mistakes, 30 years later, best citizen in the community, and nobody ever knew they committed that mistake. And that's fine. That's why we have the laws in place that you can get expungements. And when I'm talking about people's allowed to go to rookie school, I'm not talking about with an expunged record. They can be convicted of felonies, have felonies present, and then go to school. And to me, if Josh is concerned about what's going to be leased on our society, make sure that the people who are trying to become law enforcement officers are trained in an environment they're not having to worry about a felon. And people are people. So yeah. every day. But it's interesting that you bring that up because it's it's you brought up you I think you you touched on a key point. Um, when we're talking about regulations and things like that, whether it be firearms, whether it be driving a car, whatever, the regulations themselves are designed to should be designed to provide safety, to yes. provide um, you know the ability to ensure the safety of the public, to ensure the safety of the individual. I fail to understand how keeping a record of someone who just took a class forget whether or not they ever went and got the concealed carry permit, which incidentally there's a record of if they went through and do it. You just want a record of somebody who went to the class. So what does that give you from a safety standpoint? What does that do to help you prevent gun crime? What does that do to help you prevent guns getting into the hands of felons and people that shouldn't have them? What does that do other than give you a list of people who might have been thinking about it. And when and it's just like when you know when we uh, let off the show when we were talking about free speech and ha- the impacts of 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 quelling free speech. 
it's like we're getting we really get to this point where government is really starting to not not just government but also private companies like YouTube, like uh-huh. Facebook in many instances, getting into being the arbiters of what people should be thinking and what people should be saying. And if you don't agree with me, then I'm going to block you or indict you. Exactly. Or, you know, who, what's to say, hey, we had a gun crime <laughs> in and around your neighborhood. Um, we see here that you took a concealed carry class. Why don't you talk to us about why you did that? Why did you want to take a concealed carry class? Well, I never went and got my permit, Well, but you took that class. What? Really? So what do you what what is the advantage gained in that? Obviously none. And, and before we close for break, I would just like to say uh, I've heard several sheriffs say, you know, I've never had an MS13 gang member come me and get a conceal a permit. <laughs> exactly. Or, or to get a pistol purchase permit. Exactly. You're listening to We're Just Saying on WSIC News. We'll be right back. Hey, brother. Well. <laughs> Amateur. It it is, it is. I'm in this fancy nice studio here instead of the archaic dinosaur in Statesville. But brother, we've had great conversation so far, but how about us talking about something exciting? Well, no, exactly. Money. Money. Yes, money money. money is exciting. Here on We're Just Saying with WSIC News Radio. If you'd like to be part of our show, 844-STUDIO-4. We are streaming live on the WSIC News Facebook. So from your standpoint as town manager, money specifically, we finally look like we're about to get a state budget. Um, over uh, Down in Raleigh, it seems the Senate and the House have gone through, uh, made it through their impasse. Uh, and word is, is that probably next week we'll potentially start seeing some votes uh, that next week. But, um, you know, from a town of Troutman manager standpoint, obviously state budget is actually pretty important for you all standpoint. Talk to a little bit and, and share sort of our, uh, with our listeners a little about sort of the importance of the state budget and some items that come your way from the state. Right, right now, and at least for the uh, last few years, but because of the way our legislatures have done in Raleigh, they wind up having what some people call extra money. There's no such thing. There, there, first of all, let's be clear. It's not extra money. It's because the way they have passed laws made our state more business friendly, made our our state one of the lowest taxable states in in the United States, but we have a lot of draw coming here. Well, that being said, what happens to local government, and especially towns the size of us in Troutman, uh, when the 19, uh, I'm sorry, 2000 census came out, it said we had 3,600 and some residents in our town. And, and and that may have been close, but it certainly was not accurate. And a lot of people said, well, this is your numbers, but COVID changed it. Well, up until that point, our town had never received any state funding. We, we were a small enough town, but we are located in an economically good area to where we're sandwiched between Mooresville and Statesville. Both of those municipalities was going after and getting funding, whether it be from the county to expend their infrastructure, water lines, sewer lines, uh, whether it be the airport project or, or whether it be Lowe's. Uh, when they came to Mooresville, we need to make sure we had bigger and better lines down there to service them. So those municipalities was able to articulate and look down the road and then explain to Raleigh, hey, we need you to help us with this project. That way your local taxpayers' taxes are not going up or their utility costs are not going up. And Troutman just had never done that and was not in a position to where they had the major stuff. Well, once I got there, that's one of the things I was tasked with from the town council was please talk to our legislatures because we do know 
and that's the other thing, without throwing shade on people, when people come to build projects. That, 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 uh, that, that doesn't sound right coming out of your mouth. <laughs> You're not hip enough for that, brother. <laughs> well, look, that's, that's, the, that's the young people lingo right there. <laughs> uh, that's me getting my hand slapped a few times saying, quit calling people morons on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> but, For anyone listening, he did not call anyone a moron. He was just referencing a situa- other situations where he did. They appear <laughs> time to time. But, but what it uh, boils down to is when, when people try to stop growth, if they don't know what they're talking about, they go to social media and start throwing darts and daggers and accusations and, and, and calling people out like, you don't know what you're doing. Actually, yes, or we'll find ourselves in a lawsuit as some of my neighbors, uh, our town of Troutman neighbors, have found when they try to stop it and it's not legal, they lose. And then that costs the taxpayer. So uh, we get labeled as pro-growth. I, I don't know that there's anybody, whether it be Morrisville, Statesville, Troutman, that I can say is a, a pro-growth person. But what we try to do is plan not just for next month, but next decade and the next quarter century, the next half century, and Mooresville and Statesville has done wonderful jobs over that because of their population. They, they got water plants built way back when they were cheaper. They, they uh, got the permits for uh, wastewater. Well, back in the 90s, we had somebody that I, I, I might could call a moron that, that convinced folks we did not need our own system. And that's one of those things we would have had to have requested state federal money back then to do it. There was some available, uh, but as far as it being a line item like what's in the state budget now, it did not exist at that time. But now we in Troutman are understanding that people can sell their property. And if the next person wants to develop it, as long as it's following the rules, the law, the UDO, the land use plan, we can't just say no because we're too full. So in doing that, we need infrastructure money. We need money for recreation facilities. We do not have a large enough business base in the town of Troutman, nor do we have a large enough commercial base that we have folks living there who regularly donate to make the quality of life better by a voluntary form of taxation by letting me uh, 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 sponsor a project. Uh, Just for example, lighting in our rec, uh, in our park is right at $900,000. Well, we do not have it in the budget. We don't. And if we went and put it on the taxpayers, that's basically three cents per hundred dollars of valuation that we would need to collect just to play for lights. And, and instead of doing that, we piecemeal as we're a small town. We have some great corporate and community sponsors that come out and help with certain things. This coming week, we got Lowe's coming to redo our volleyball court area. Uh, and that sounds to some people trivial. You're looking at a $100,000 project mm-hmm. that took us years to go through the process, get approved, and we hope this coming week it will be done. But back to your specific question on the budget. We have also been uh, explaining, because of the long-term plans, where we need uh, sewer lines changed and or upfitted. We got money a couple years ago so that we could go in and diagram GIS all of our sewer lines make sure that they're not failing uh, because some of these social media pundits, oh, they don't have enough infrastructure. We certainly do. But to make sure that it is good, you do those evaluations and checks 
And again, without causing the uh, local taxpayer dollar or expense to go up, we ask the state. Now, the problem with that is a lot of people in the state saying, hey, I need money. I need infrastructure. Mm-hmm. So you, you have to basically show why you need it. We asked for a whole lot this year. We're, we're hoping that we, we can get whatever percentage of that is appreciated mm-hmm. because it's not in the normal state budget. We also know that that's going to stop. At some point in time, the state is not going to have this so-called extra money that they're able to help the local governments with. But for us, my uh, uh, public works budget is somewhere around three and a half, four million dollars off the top of my head annually. So if we need to spend $25 million worth of infrastructure for the future, we, we need to do that over a five or a 10 year period that we can add these projects piece by piece by piece. When you're looking at a water tower now, they're almost three and a half million dollars a piece. Good gracious. Well, that's an annual budget for us in the public works department. So that's why we go on these and and, and beg every legislator we see to say, hey, please help us. We, we need this and this is why we need it. And some out there will say, well, why do you need another water tank? Well, as the town sprawls, you need to make sure that the water pressure is there and, and that if somebody had a fire, that there's enough water that can get there in a hurry to put it out. On the flop side, we have some citizens that, we got too much water pressure, you idiots, how'd y'all do this? <laughs> well, the, there's state regulations on how much pressure is supposed to be in a line and a maximum. Once it leaves that box, it's on them to add to or reduce. Yeah, no, 100%. And I think a lot of times people fall into the camps of like, you know, well, we, you know, hey, we don't want we don't want homes, we want uh restaurants and we want grocery stores. Well, you got to have homes before you get those. And then you got the people who say, well, you know, we don't want any of that. We want to stay small. Well, then if you like the way those trees look outside, buy them. That is the quickest way you can guarantee ain't nobody going to do anything anywhere around you is you just go out and you go to those property owners and you buy their property from and, them. And some thinks that it's the town's place to go and get Krispy Kreme to open up a shop or a different grocery store to come in and do business. We, we don't. That's there. We, we have the properties, but like, we got too many Dunkin' Donuts. Now we need Krispy Kreme. Well, that's not our role. Well, well and I think we can all agree that uh, Krispy Kreme is essential to not, not not throw in shade, to use your, your hip terminology, at Dunkin' Donuts, but we like us some Krispy Kreme. As a retired law enforcement <laughs> officer, it's cop vitamins. Bring them on. Exactly. We'll be right back. We're back on We're Just Saying with uh, Senator Vicki Sawyer, who is not here today, but out on vacation here on WSIC News Radio. If you'd like to be part of our show, 844-STUDIO-4. We are still streaming live on the WSIC News Facebook page. Did have a caller who came in during the break, uh, Sarah from Statesville, uh, but we've actually got to close out this last segment. So, Sarah, keep that question in your back pocket. Please call us back with it next week. But I do want to talk a little bit. It is election time here uh, in uh, in uh, our area. Local elections are, uh, are, are getting ready to heat up. Candidate filing ended a couple of weeks ago. Obviously, we've got uh, elections in Mooresville, elections in Troutman, elections in Statesville, Love Valley, Harmony, um, pretty much up and down the uh, 77 corridor here in Iredell County. But obviously, um, in Troutman, uh, I believe you have uh, two seats that are coming up, including the mayor, and then... um, No. 
two, no. two council seats and and the mayor is separate. But yeah, yes, yes, yeah, two total, council seats yeah, and yeah. the mayor. Yeah. And then, but you got four people seeking. The two incumbents are running for the council seats with two challengers or one challenger. Two challengers. Two challengers, and then the mayor's running unopposed. Uh, mayor T. Rosh, who is a fantastic mayor, by the way, uh, has done a great job up there in Troutman. But from an election standpoint, uh, what's uh, what do you think's uh, going to turn the elections in Troutman this cycle? Uh, I, well. <laughs> We uh, one candidate has already came out and stated that if you want to reduce tra- taxes, vote for him. But uh, you know, uh, all I will say to that because we have a policy that says we as employees cannot be involved in municipal election with the jurisdiction we work and live. Mm-hmm. So uh, all, all I will say there is every election cycle, even back in the day when I had my own. You've got some candidates who go out and, and approach it professionally and state legitimately what they can do, and then they state legitimately what they will try to work with rest of council to get accomplished. So re- regardless of what an individual thinks he or she can do, and in this particular situation we have four male candidates, new ladies decided to, to make a, a run at it. Um, and to my knowledge, the two challengers have not been elected to anything previous and are fairly new to the town uh, limits, which is fine. I mean, you don't have to be a 50-year resident to be on the town council. Uh, George Harris, who's on the council, is probably our newest uh, resident that, that is elected of the elected body. But but just like with some of these other municipalities and how I will say it to try to get me out of the hot seat, the only thing <laughs> I, could, I could say without saying anything about the four we've obviously have two in our town who have served who have made public comments who have voted and they have a track record of it uh the voters will have to decide if they're satisfied with that overall work and kind of do some fact finding of their own Uh, the only thing i caution everybody please don't go to social media and believe what you read there. If you do, I've got some land in Arizona that is oceanfront that I can sell you. But, 100%. But but the, the thing of it is there, incumbents uh, generally, and even back in the day when, I, uh, I'm sorry, uh, challengers, back when I challenged to, to run for the position, there was things that I, I legitimately wanted to do. And for us at that time, the topic was the ABC store. And and I explained to people, hey, the voters already decided to do it. I felt like the town manager at the time was given inappropriate advice to town council, and town council and the attorney was not clarifying. Because statute's pretty clear in what a government can do and what they shouldn't do, and, and that was not being followed. So that is what I ran on in, in August of the year after I was elected, construction began in December, they were selling uh, spirits. So <laughs> so I followed through with my promise. And that's the only thing I would say to any candidate out there is, by all means, tell everybody how you want to change your community or make it better. But if you're just wanting something extra to do, then there's volunteer roles on committees and other things to where you can then, and I had done the same thing. I, I served on the Board of Adjustments and that gave people a little bit of a sense and was the chairman of the board of how I could run a meeting, what we was going to do, and how we didn't. 
Yeah, absolutely. And that's one of the things that I think all candidates would do well. That's one of the things that I really appreciated about um, in Mooresville. Um, and I think Troutman may have something similar is that, that we have a Citizens Academy where people interested in getting involved can come in and, and it's, I think it's like an eight or 10 week, uh, 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 you know, uh, course essentially in town government uh, from the administration to the utilities, to the police department, to the fire department. And it actually lets you know how towns function. Because I'll, I'll admit when I, when I ran in Mooresville, um, you know, I, I, I had some knowledge. I had volunteered on boards and things like that. But the way in which a town functions, a lot of people who just woke up one day and just said, hey, you know what, I'll drive to Statesville and throw my $5 in the ring. It's it's a lot more complicated than you think. And and you'll get the people out there saying that, oh, we're going to do this when I'm elected. We're going to do that when I'm elected. And you hear it. And if you have any knowledge, you can say, yeah, no, you're not. Because a lot of, a lot of people don't realize, you know, North Carolina is what we call a Dillon rule state, where basically that says that municipalities can only do what the state tells them they can do. That's right. And uh, one of the things that the state tells you that you cannot do is, for example, deny a development because you don't want more traffic. Exactly. That's that, and that, and you can't do that. Nope. And the state is who says you can't do it. It's not for lack of an elected official wanting to or or feeling that it's necessary. It's that you cannot do it according to our state. And I think a lot of people don't realize that the state only lets you and a municipality do so much. A hundred percent correct. And we are constantly having to get interpretation because some citizen brought an idea or a suggestion to us. And and while it may be something that we have been doing for 10 years or 20 years, and and when they ask the question or pose the situation, it's like, okay, we can't just fire back. And to me, the lamest excuse for anybody is, well, that's what we've always done. Yeah. So we we go and research and say, okay, the UNC School of Government, we, we pay them a fee in addition to having an attorney. And no offense to any attorney out there, but that's why there are so many court days and cases is because they all disagree over what the law says. Yeah. And they sue each other representing clients. So just because you have an attorney, don't make it right. And it don't make his or her opinion gospel because somebody's going to teach them, no, you're wrong. Uh, the attorney is there to advise based off of expertise in law. But even then, it gets undone from time to time. But we, we refer to the school of government. And to your point, like on on the uh, annexations and or new development, uh, there's a couple folks that go on social media and say, oh, you can do this. No, you can't. And they can say whatever they want. And it amazes me how many people jump into the bandwagon because they like what the person is saying but nobody, and then when the rest of us, uh, there was one article that I remember somebody sent to me and said, read this, are you going to respond? Well, my first answer is, we don't respond on social media, the next doors, the Facebookers, as I call it, or, or Twitters, because that's not where you do town business. You do town business in town hall with staff there, and that don't mean you're going to get your answer that day. We, we can do the research for it, but... When, when people run for office and then get their teeth kicked in and then want to come back out and still be relevant, it's amazing what idle time d- does to a simple man. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, but one, one thing I do want to um, uh, point out is, as we get towards the end here is uh, voter ID, actually. This will be the first election, uh, municipal elections, where voter ID will be required. Now, there is an ongoing court case uh, um, that has been filed, uh, you know, t- questioning the constitutionality of the overall state. But right now, if voter ID is in effect, this will be the first election for 
the municipal elections. And um, if there happens to be anyone out there without any kind of photo ID or identification, which if you do, I'd love to know how it is you are even living, um, uh, being able to make a living and or have a bank account and or drive a car and or do anything if you don't have an ID, should you need one, uh, free IDs will be offered at the uh, county election offices during normal business hours, and they will be good for 10 years. So mm -hmm. if you find yourself as someone who has absolutely no form of photo identification, you can go to the uh, county board of elections and receive one so that you can vote. I think that's a basic requirement, uh, as you said, with all the examples. State law requires people to carry their driver's license if they're operating a motor vehicle. And it actually requires they present it to a uniformed officer upon request. But but just using that, some states don't. Okay, North Carolina does. If you're living here, driving here, operating a, a vehicle with a North Carolina tag on it, it, it's great. You got to. Absolutely. And uh, real quick, and one uh, had a great event up in Troutman this week on Tuesday, National Night Out, an uh, opportunity for the community to come out, uh, interact with uh, your Troutman law enforcement. Talk a little bit about that in the last couple of minutes and how it went. It was an outstanding event. We had a couple elected officials uh, from the state level uh, show up also. Uh, Chief Watson is doing a great job for us in Troutman. Uh, we, we, unlike a lot of agencies, are full staff. Uh, we, we have a couple in school to, to get recertified. We're getting ready to be short staff because we, we got a thing coming up this coming week to add an SRO to a charter school. But, but that event is a perfect opportunity with what national media has done to law enforcement. It's one of the few professions in, in, that I'm aware of that somebody in Kalamazoo, Michigan can do something stupid and then every law enforcement officer gets accused of doing that. Mm -hmm. and, and sometimes when they come out with videos, they're like, hey, it's on video. Yes, but it don't tell you the whole story. But the community gets to come out and to our Troutman ESC Park, interact with law enforcement in a non-official manner. And they get to play things, eat free food, and then meet all the other supporting uh, agencies, whether it be e-com, firemen. Uh, you got to have the hose draggers there. Absolutely. And, 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 and uh, the wildlife. <laughs> a little former law enforcement jargon there. <laughs> yes, it was. And, and wildlife, highway patrol showed up. And we really appreciate the response that we got from the community. It was an awesome event. Yeah, and uh, Norzel, I think, has theirs coming up, uh, I believe. Um, but I've, I've been to n a numerous national nights out. It is absolutely a fantastic opportunity to get people interacting with law enforcement, people who are, you know, a lot of people have a, a you know, a, a trepidation about being around law enforcement enforcement uh, when they're just regular people like us, but it's a great event and, and everything like that. Uh, Town Manager Ron Wyatt, Duck, I appreciate you being on the show today. Thank you for having me, David, and I hate we miss Vicki. One of these days we can sit on either side of her and she will just tell us to hush. Exactly, 100%. <laughs> Vicki, hopefully back next week. Thank y'all for joining us. Y'all have a great weekend. Take care.